inserting the CD-ROM of chat into the slot of gaming. It's the This Gameware Podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Happy summer. Happy summer, Is indeed. Is that a thing? I think that's a thing. It's been glorious mm. weather this this week, or this weekend, anyway. Yeah, it's, it starts off today quite miserable, and it's quite nice and sunny now. My guinea pigs yep. are outside. Hmm. Enjoying Any hawks? Uh, no, but from where I'm sat, I can keep it on hawks and cats Fair. and whatnot. Have you ever had anything like that happen? Like hawks swoop down to try and steal your guinea uh, pigs? Well, they're in a cage. It's got a top on. They can try. One of our neighbours had a cat, an indoor cat, like a proper pedigree one that escaped once and it was on the wall eyeing them up. And uh, had we not got to it in time, it was to be fair, he wouldn't have got them because of the roof, but it was definitely eyeing them up and it was going to have a, a really good try. It's not as good as hawks. I'd prefer hawks. to swoop down and mm. take it away. Well, that's the thing with guinea yeah, pigs. Like, they're, weak, um, weak, weak. Their, defense, from there. their defense mechanism is, is to stay still because in the Andes... Idiots. They, their natural skin colour blends ah. in with the rocks and stuff. But obviously the yeah. domesticated ones are not rock-coloured. They're mm-hmm. orange and black and white and all sorts. So they're... Yeah, uh, so it's our fault. Yeah, basically it's humans' fault. How cruel. <sighs> Woe is man. So that's my guinea pigs. Is there anything you want to share with listeners before we crack no. on? No. no. That's it. Yeah, right. let's go. Let's go then. What's the game? This week it is this... Boy. <laughs> oh, nice. Game Boy. Yeah. yeah, good, good, good. I good. wish I'd thought of that like four seconds before I did because there's a big old. You started talking, it, it, it's totally ruined. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I still no, th- it's not your fault, it's mine. I, I'm just not good enough. I still think Game Boys would have been a great name for this podcast. That was one of the ideas we have mooted for this. Yeah. W- I still like the name. I do like the name. Yeah. But Me too. There we are. But it, it was too ripe for parody. Too ripe for parody is a way to put it, yes. <laughs> this week, it is this game where you control a sentient spaceship. It's another shoot game, and it stars Sega's first mascot. Really? Really. Hmm. Sega's first mascot? Yeah, so it's not Sonic, but it's a character no. that was deemed Sega's first mascot. Alex Kidd? Nope. There's a mascot before Alex Kidd? There is indeed. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, go on. Fantasy Zone. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I know Fantasy Zone. I didn't realise that there was a mascot attached to it. The sentient spaceship is called Opa Opa, and because it is sentient, it is deemed as being Sega's first mascot, because this game, ah. the, the series started in 1986, so prior to Alex Kid, prior to Sonic the Hedgehog, I would say that's probably stretching mascot a little bit personally. Mascot I think so too. And th- is this endorsed by Sega, this history? Have, have Sega actually said, our first mascot, love him. Remember him fondly, Opa Opa, the sentient robot flying machine. It's no, they don't, no, do they? It, they they go. Ah, we had to go with Alex Kid. Didn't quite pan out. And then there's a Sonic the Hedgehog, and the rest is history, as they say. It's one of those, uh, like in the sun. Sources close to the company say that. Right. Okay. I.e., fine. It's made we'll up. Have, it passes. It passes. I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It will pass most of this podcast, won't it? So, Fantasy Zone mm. is a really nice colourful, vivid affair, isn't it? Like, uh, it's not like dun- dingy and uh, cyberpunky sort of stuff that you usually get with your old shoot 'em ups It's credited with inventing the cute up subgenre of shoot 'em ups I've never heard of that either, so yeah. you're going to have to explain. I hadn't either, but equally, when we did Zombies at My Neighbors a few weeks ago, I had never heard of the running gun subgenre. So, oh. Well, that's the genre, so... Exactly. So going back I to what we talked about that... I don't know to talk to you about that. Shoot-em-ups are divvied up into all these subgenres. Cute-em-up mm. is one of them. Cute-em-up games are 
deemed as those that have bright graphics, surreal settings enemies, and joyful music. Fancy Zone is credited with being the first cute-em-up in existence, but other examples are Twinbee and Parodius. Ah, uh, yeah. I know of both of those, but I only actually have uh, seen in action Twinbee. I haven't seen Parodius. Hmm, okay. Is it, a, is it a substantial genre or subgenre? Is it something that has plenty of entries, or is it just like those three? Flying the flag. There were a few more, but not that many. I think it was just a few that happens to... If you imagine a Venn diagram, there's some sort of crossover between those things. Let's put them in the middle of that Venn diagram. Let's call it cute-em-ups. Job done. Okay. I mean, I'll accept it. It's fine. Fantasy zone. Cute-em-up. I don't think it's that cute. It's very bright and... We're a few minutes in. It's two things just... Yep, I'll I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean... (laughs) I'm in an easygoing mood. I'll do. I'll do whatever. Do whatever. <laughs> Take whatever. Throw it at me. What? What's next? What are we doing? It's still Fantasy Zone. Oh. Well, you start off with knowing Fantasy Zone. What is it you know about the game? Oh, well, I've played it, but after the fact. So uh, not in not in any kind of chronologically significant period. It's just one of those things that I've picked up af- like later on. Right. Okay. I, I, and I know what I've said about it, which is that it's a colourful affair, um, and you shoot things. So that's essentially what I remember about it. I remember being very bright and breezy. There's a thing that's occurring right now that is surprising and it's that you have done more shoot 'em up games than I have and I didn't see that coming. Well I did realise while preparing for this episode that this is so my, my personal history for the game, I think I got this in ninety five for my ninth birthday when I so the year after I got my game gear, it was another game that had been bought for me by my gran who bought me Stargate the Christmas beforehand. Okay, well this is slightly above that I think. I think so as well. I remember quite liking it but i i never played it that much and i think it's telling that i think this is the only shoot 'em up game side-scrolling shoot 'em up game that i've ever played that i it never it didn't light a fire in, in me this isn't you've played others we've talked about shoot 'em up like what games oh we've done one you said this is another shoot 'em up game that's why we were talking about oh you've literally just said it in this episode what what were we talking about? Where run and gun? Oh, zombies ate my neighbours. That's, that's zombies ate my neighbours. All right, okay, that's another one I've played. What I meant is, it's the side-scrolling affairs where you're going from left to oh, right across right, the screen, okay. going up and down, shooting things. The closest, oh. the closest thing I can think of that I played to this that I kept went back to again and again was the Sky Chase Zone in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Beyond that, I, I never actually played a, a side-scrolling shooting up game at all, and and have never done since. Huh. Okay. Oh well, then maybe I'm maybe I'm just misremembering. Maybe I, yeah. All right. Fine. 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 Yep. <laughs> fine. What What's your relationship with the side-scrolling shoot-em-up genre then? Well, I told I told you that I've been playing some lately, like mm-hmm. more some of the more hardcore, not side-scrolling necessarily, but shoot-em-ups. I I can't think of that I've ever played. I probably have played a side-scrolling shoot-em-up. I don't know, but they're not they're not distinct enough as a as a category to distinguish. I don't think personally between vertical and the side scrolling the vertical and the horizontal they're they're all they're all the same they're just moving the in different directions so all right well i've never played any vertical ones either <sighs> oh um okay fine yeah i've got a good one actually in the in the I, I, it's not a good game but i've i know that it's got a good little a good little piece of information that i'm dying to share with you but i'm not going to do the game for a while so you won't know it how interesting <clears throat> it is it genuinely is so fancy zone i just don't think you deserve it <laughs> 
Fantasy Zone was first released in 1986 on the arcade, so the year I was born, there you go, and was then ported to the Master System, the NES, and PC Engine. Now, I've just said NES. This is a game developed by Sega. It was ported to the NES in 1987, but developed and published by Sunsoft. So I've tried to look into that as to how Sunsoft took this Sega game and what happened with that. I think it was essentially that, that Sunsoft took the license, created a game, a whole separate game that basically is the same, but just that it didn't have that Sega brand attached to it which is bizarre was this one of the when did they do that what year were they that was 1987 okay so fairly soon after it was released the version i had which is where this gets confusing was on the game gear now the version i had the Game Gear version is also called Fancy Zone, despite being a completely different game to what had come out in 1986 called Fancy Zone. In Japan, the Game Gear version was called Fancy Zone Gear, but then when it released internationally, which happened late to mid-91 to early 1992 around the world, it then got rebranded as Fancy Zone to tie it in presumably with that international branding, but it is a completely different game. Disgusting. Disgusting capitalist pigs yeah well just trying to cash in on the success of the original game i say that's what that is isn't it i say it's a completely different game it is the same you know style of game it's just bright colorful yeah exactly because you you've uh, flummoxed me because i thought that we were playing fantasy zone which I've played, but I haven't played the fantasy zone that you're aware of and that you're yeah. dishing up to me. So I, I was kind of thinking, well, actually, I've got quite good memories of playing this game. And uh, now I'm thinking, oh, shit, that's all gone out of the window. We are playing fantasy zone. It's going to be exactly the same. Well, it's not. It's not going to be exactly the same, is it? But it's going to be essentially the same. You're trying to dress this up as a good thing, aren't you? But it's, I'm very, very... I'm. I'm very worried. I'm um, worried. Yeah. I'm worried. I've just got. I've just hit the the anxious zone. Do you know why it's a completely different game? Uh, because it's on the Game Gear, and the Game Gear couldn't handle the the original. I don't know. Because it's on the Game Gear, and the Game Gear had a more advanced color palette than Master System, so they wanted to shush it up a bit. Oh, okay. So maybe there are positives to it being a Game Gear game. I mean, I've never heard that said. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe it works. Going back to what you said about this being. Uh, an example of capitalism in action, Sega of America intervenes with the game during development. The original Fancy Zone on the Master System in 1986 had levels that were given quite interesting names. For example, Plaleaf, the Planet of Greenery, or Tebus, the Planet of Fire. However, Sega of America got involved and said, no, 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 to make this sell in these territories, we want it to be more approachable. Edgy. No, 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 oh, right, just okay. approachable. So instead of being the Planet of Greenery, it's called woods instead of being called the planet of fire with a name for the planet of fire it's called fire just sometimes they didn't have a clue did they yeah they just wanted to shift those units didn't they let's be honest yeah don't dress it up don't make it sound interesting and intriguing just woods please yeah just woods please just it's it, it's in some woods let's just call just it woods, woods. Bash, bash it out get it done bash and bosh it yeah we don't care we just need to get it in the people's hands. Disgusting capitalist it, pigs. Essentially, yes. Because of it being on the Game Gear and the... Despite being on the Game Gear and having that enhanced colour palette, um, the smaller screen size meant that there was no opportunity to have a heads-up display. So to as you go through the game, you pick up different power-ups for your little 17-inch uh, spaceship 
to do different things. To actually select those, you have to pause the game and then scroll through them and then unpause the game to carry on. You can't do it on the fly because the Game Gear was not capable of having this information displayed on the screen as well as all mm. the enemies you're shooting at, all these bright, colourful backgrounds, etc. Which I remember being very fiddly. I don't think that's just the Game Gear. It reminds me of Tales of Adventure, which we've done way, way yeah. back because that had yeah. the same mechanic as well. And the same again with, uh, so that it's not Game Gear, but Alex Kidd in Miracle World, you had to pause the game in order to get your power-ups and use items and whatnot. So I, I don't know. It, it was just a, it's interesting that there was an actual technical limitation that like, mm. that led to that. Interestingly, interestingly, so uh, nothing to do with your game, everything to do with what I'm interested in. Uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World was remade this uh, yeah, it was. It released, I think, just last last month, and they have actually implemented a system to activate items where you can just do it on the fly when you when you play in the game. You don't have to pause anymore. So there we go. Maybe it was technical limitations there as well. Maybe. Well, this version has been. Fancy Zone has been released on the Switch and it has had lots of quality of life things added to it. I'm not sure if that ability is in there, but we'll talk about it during the second half because that seems like a nice way to end uh, the episode. Has the Fantasy Zone that's been added to the Switch, is that the Game Gear version or is that the not Game Gear version? It's the Master System version, which is called Fancy Zone, not the Game Gear version, which is called Fancy Zone, despite coming out five or six years later. It's very confusing. I Again... It's not instilling anything positive in me. I'm I'm still worried. We are going to have to play this and get out uh, get out of the way. See if it's worth its salt. Well, I have nothing else to say on the game at all. So shall Whoa. shall we bombshell? <laughs> shall we crack on there? Unbelievable. Though? Get lazier and lazier as we go <laughs> on, aren't you? <laughs> lazier. <laughs> there is. There is nothing to say about this game. Yeah, it's got there's a... nothing else on Wikipedia. So. Ooh. <laughs> or, or SegaRetro.org. Oh, right. You actually branched out, have you? Brilliant. Good stuff. Well done. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. fancy zone fantastic or not put it this way i was tired when we started i'm tired now i'm definitely going to bed after we finished is that because of the game or other reasons it was quite boring yeah is my view of it that's the game gear version i now i said to you you asked me at the beginning at the end of it all how how did that compare to how you remembered it and actually i thought it was more sort of progress heavy i i i thought that there were sort of levels that you navigated through similar to other shooter maps but actually this version of it had you flying around a f- an a sort of open space with a finite number of enemy spawning hubs that you had to destroy yeah it might be that i've misremembered the other version maybe got it mixed up with some other games or something well how does that make a difference to the other versions or the version you well, played, Well, as I say, say I, I thought that the... So I'm, the thing is, this might not be interesting because I thought I was... I thought the game was... I might I might just be misremembering the game. Well, So I'm not worked, sure how interesting it is for it people. Works for <laughs> other, it works for other gaming podcasts. Hey, I'm going to talk about this game that I don't remember very clearly. People love that, so you never know. Well, I don't. That's, that's my problem. I don't remember if the game that I'm thinking of is actually Fantasy Zone. 
Right. So I probably should have checked while we were playing. Quite like, an important tenet of this part of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we we should probably just put that to the side All right. and talk about Game Gear version of Fantasy Zone. Because comparing it to a, a made-up game that I may or may not have played is maybe not a good idea, is it? Maybe not. It certainly put the cute and cute up. In a sense, yeah. How, how do you mean? Well, those adjectives we get bandy around in the first half, bright, colourful... All that it was, yes, it was, it was those. It was them. It had primary colours in it, and some colours that it had in it were primary colours mixed together. And the enemies, some of them had faces on that were some smiley. of them did have faces on. The second level had these gold pots, so the enemy spawning hubs. There were gold pots that lifted up their hats, which were also their lids, and they did a little jig while they tried to murder you. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, I suppose that's cute. Sinistry bit like that really a little bit and the first <coughs> boss was also some kind of weird version of pinocchio who tried to stab you through the heart with his very very square not spiky square nose what way to go i know i went a few times by that ma- method as well so very well versed in that now we both did the boss though so that was good yep we are super gamers with it with the elite as they say and then, I, people. and then I instantly got killed by the second boss, at which point I gave up because the continue structure is non-existent. Because I got killed by that second yep. boss, I would then have to play through the, well, I said the whole game, those two levels and the an end of world one boss again but i just didn't really have any inclination to do so uh -uh. it's not engaging is it's not particularly engaging i was playing this game at a very slow pace and i did have a just a moment at the end where i thought well maybe i'm just playing it too slow but as soon as you get things so you can buy things so it it has this shot system where you can buy upgrades for your ship which i thought was pretty cool yeah but one of the upgrades you you can which i'll I'll just inject that i think this is actually a, a positive i think this is a very good system yeah i do too one of the upgrades that you could focus on was your speed so you could buy you started off with a small wing then you could get a big wing and then you could get a jet engine and then at some point when you had millions of coins you could get a rocket engine or something like that i bought the big wing and the big wing was manageable i then bought the jet engine and the jet engine was a bit too much it was just too fast so i ended up flying myself headfirst into an enemy i just didn't feel like i had any control i can only imagine that that would have been worse on a on a tiny screen like the Game Gear. A bit of a problem there. The game is very frantic, but I think you're right. It's designed to be played at a, a certain clip that that jet engine was was too much for. Well, I, I was wondering the opposite way around. I was wondering whether the jet engine was going to make the game, or should make the game better in more competent hands than mine, that actually the game should be played at, a, at speed, whereas I was turning left and right so that that was an interesting thing just as a side note before i get stuck into that you could turn around which isn't normal uh mm. fair for shoot 'em ups usually it's uh, a constant path forwards but this one and because you were trying to find these spawning hubs in a in an arena you were able to maneuver left or right to find them and it was sort of on a carousel with a really lovely camera effect if you were going to the right and then turn left the camera would gradually slow down and then start going to the left again well that's exactly what i was going to pick up pick it up on because if it's supposed to be played at speed why have a mechanic that then slows things down that's Mm. also somewhat necessary to completing a level rather than instantly going left you mean yeah i i was doing a lot of i was doing a lot of turning so i was playing the game at 
not a very high speed <laughs> uh, and even when I turned you sort of had to gain momentum over a period of time so I wasn't really invested or interested in gaining momentum because I felt out of control when I got too fast so yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure maybe it maybe I could have made more of the game by playing it faster but it didn't necessarily lend itself to doing that either so I I'm a bit confused about the whole situation you also factor in the game gear having the smaller screen too mm. and yeah yeah the enemies were many and varied even across the two levels that we played there were several different designs and the designs were well animated mm -hmm. and they were colorful and bright and well presented and they reminded me to some extent of the enemies in Crackout, where they were sort of a little bit otherworldly and zany. Mm. At one point, I was fighting off some umbrellas that were rainbow-coloured and uh, some DNA, it looked like, some kind of chromosomal creature that was flying through the air, whilst also being hunted down by some flying triangles. They're yep. always a good enemy, aren't they? Deadly. And then the second level had eyeballs, which is a classic. So, yeah, yeah lots, of, lots of variety in the enemies, and that's a good thing. I think. Is that a good thing? I think so. Yeah. Well, if if shooting enemies is the main bread and butter of the game, then yeah, you want variety. Yeah. Because then they pop in different ways. Although Crackout did have dinosaurs with umbrellas, if I remember rightly. It wasn't dinosaurs with umbrellas. It was dinosaurs that looked like they were wearing waistcoats. That was it. Leather waistcoats. Now, I'm fairly sure that that is an incorrect reading of the, of the dinosaur in Crackout. I think it's actually just shadowing. But I was certain as a five or six year old however old I was when I got that game I was certain that they were wearing leather waistcoats and did not have any understanding of the connotations within but basically what I'm saying is all of the dinosaurs were leather daddies leather daddies I've not heard that phrase before oh well Look, google it I will do yourself a favor I will not how about that because I think I can probably <laughs> guess what it is from uh, your tone of voice oh the music in Fantasy Zone was also lovely. Yes, it sounded very much like a mass system, which will always get me going. I I like a massicism, a massicism, a <laughs> I I like a I like a massive system score. I like the the plinky plinky sounds that that they make. So yeah, cool, great. Are you googling that? Move on. Are you Googling Leather Daddies at the moment? I can see you reaching for your keyboard. I'm just looking to see if I can find one to send you, but they're all a bit too graphic, so I might not. <laughs> yeah, please don't. There's one, there's one that looks like our old boss. In fact, there's. I'm, I'm going to have to send you that one because that looks like the boss that we had, but two of them, and they are hooking each other. I'm only just getting over the images you sent me from the uh, company that was set up by the guy who did Clock Tower from a few weeks ago. I have developed a bit of a habit of sending you inappropriate media, haven't I? Sorry. Well, I'll do this one and then I'll never do it again. There you go. There's, right. there's a picture of two lookalikes of our old boss. Also, Leather Daddies. Right. Saving this. Um... You're saving it? <laughs> okay. Well, you've sent me it in some form that saves it. Right, it's just opening. It's a JPEG. Yeah, it's just opening. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, each their own. That was tame. I was, I, yeah. From what is on my on was, my Google, I'm going to close it now. Before I was expecting a lot worse, to be honest. Yeah, I just I, that one jumped out as I say because it reminded me of someone that we we both know. So I think because we're now talking about leather daddies, I think that means that's we're quite the end an interesting. Mm, yeah, there isn't much to say about Fantasy Zone. Is the is the truth? It, it's a pass. It's a game. It is a game. I can tell you that much. It's a it's a game. It it might have passed muster in the mobile world of around two thousand and ten. 
still, which is commendable because this is a, a game from 1986 and I can see its place at that point in time. It's not worth going back to now and we maybe shouldn't have bothered. How about that? <laughs> Well, it's interesting you said that. Not the not bothering part, but the, the mobile game part. Fantasy Zone 2 came out on the Master System in 1987, and then a third game called Super Fantasy Zone was released on the Mega Drive in 1992. Again, going back to that bizarre nomenclature we talked about before, where Mega Drive games have Supers super... Supers and Megas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very strange. This game, the Super Fantasy Zone, the Mega Drive game, came out on the Virtual Console in 2008. Fantasy Zone 2 was remade for some unknown reason, using polygons on the PlayStation 2, including bonus levels set behind the sentient spaceship Opa Opa. Set behind him? Yeah, like a sort of like a um, like F-Zero type thing, I'd imagine, where you're the camera's positioned. Oh, right, okay. I thought you meant that the whole bonus level was like a little world that was hidden behind. I don't know where my brain is right now. Um, it sounded very sort of David Lynch uh, <laughs> in introspective weirdness i think you're giving fancy zone far too much credit if you think yeah it's like I, that. I, I started to get interested again i was like whoa no i'm gonna have to track down this version but no never mind and then the original fancy zone the mass system version from 1986 came out on mobile phones in 2002 for anyone that was particularly craving it i can't see there was much demand for it but there you go a game called fancy zone complete collection came out in 2002 which Obviously, as the name suggests, brings everything together. The Fancy Zone Master System 1986 version came out on the Mega Drive compilation that Sega released for the PS3 and Xbox 360 in the late noughties. And most interestingly, there was a 3D port of this for the 3DS in March 2014, which included lots of different features. For example, save slots, which would have been very useful for us tonight. It has a stage select function, adjustable difficulty, and massive bonus feature you could play as opa opa's brother called oopa oopa yay which from what i could tell has absolutely zero effect on the gameplay whatsoever of course not it's just a reskin a, yep. a recoloring of of opa opa i would have thought but it's his um, brother he, or her brother i don't know if it's uh yeah this speaks so we we talked off mic about something about this game's place in gaming or whatever and I said to you that this is is a game that's on lists and uh, elaborated to say this is a game that this is the sort of game that when you talk about games to play on the on the mass system, this one comes up. So the fact that it's been remade and remade maybe means that there's actually there is actually a fan base for it that mm. whether we understand it or not exists. I don't understand it. I'll be honest. I think that it's just not it's just it just didn't engage me. There you go. It just didn't engage me without I don't want to get too bogged down in why anymore because it's not worth my time how about that I think I agree with like you said that it's a game that's that it's fine fancy zones over there doing its thing I'm over here doing my thing that's that what I really want to say is there are games that do the same thing better the same genre better the same cutesy art style better maybe there aren't games that do Shoot'em up better. Maybe Fantasy Zone is the pinnacle, but I'd be surprised because shoot'em ups have come a long way since since 1986. I think that, in fact, I know that there are contemporary shoot'em ups that were more fun to play than Fantasy Zone. So I don't really understand the hoo-ha. personally why why 
why it's got a following or why it was as successful as it was. And on that note, if anyone listening wanted to dabble into it after that um, damp script of an ending, the 3DS version is available on the Switch, obviously without the 3D doodads, for a mere £6 at the time of recording. However, that I imagine... too much. Yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, Is that a bit harsh to say? Maybe that's harsh to say because obviously development time's gone into it to port it over. So maybe it warrants £6 well, in that uh, in those terms. But of, Oftentimes the Sega, oftentimes the Sega re-releases on the Switch appear on sale for 50% plus off. So is it worth £3? No. Oh, oh, no, I've done it again. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sega. Sorry, whoever did the port. I apologise. Is it worth some money? No. <laughs> oh, no. That's the damning. Now? No. No. Everything depreciates, so... Right. This has just reached its final zero value, hasn't it? We, we've we said quite a few positive things about this. Let's focus back on those and let's, let's lift you out this mire you've got yourself into. Is that into. what you're trying to do? Because you're yeah. not doing a very good job. I'm, I'm trying, trying to I'm reorientate trying sh- this to end on a positive. I'm, tr- I'm trying to shush you up. Fancy Zone. Oh. It's okay. It's worth some money. The end. Uh, no, it's not worth some money. Oh, no, I did it again. <laughs> I keep telling the truth. Oh. Ow. Just... There you go. There's some karma. I just scratched myself. Maybe we should end on that. Karmic justice. Yeah, you're scratching yourself. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already, please come and join us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And please remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, and tell your nearest and dearest about us, please. Yep, seconded. Do that. Have a good week. Bye. Cheerio. Cheerio.